Hi, I'm Clarence Waldron. Welcome back to Black Muse. Before we get started with tonight's guest, I want to give a special thank you, a shout out, if you, if you will, to Howard Sandifer and his wife, Darlene. They are the founders of the Chicago West Community Music Center, and they developed this video podcast. They sort of said, let's get up close and personal with some of our favorite celebs and newsmakers. Let's have lively conversations. So with that in mind, we are continuing that with tonight's special guest. Her name is Samada Acklin, the daughter of the late singer Barbara Acklin. Now, Barbara Acklin won fame in 1968 with her smash hit, Love Makes a Woman. And then she also co-wrote some of the biggest hits for the Shy Lights, including Have You Seen Her and Stone Out of My Mind. Now, this is Women's History Month, and we're very, very happy to celebrate one of our trailblazing singers in showbiz by talking to her daughter. So let's get started. Samara, what's up? Hey, how you doing? I am well, I am well, I am well. Yeah, so now Brunswick Records is paying tribute to your mother. What, what do they do? And I know it's for Black History Month and Women's History Month. What are they doing? Well, that is true. They are playing, paying tribute to my mother. Um, and I'm really grateful that they are. I think it's a long time coming. And I, if it wasn't for Paul Turner Paul, then it wouldn't be happening. And I know that. So kudos to him and shouts go out to Paul Turner Paul from Brunswick Records and Rich and all the whole, the entire Brunswick team. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm so excited that they have decided to do this. Um, so they've sent my family the, the plaques, some of the plaques that my mother has received. Um, they also, um, Put a, quite a few articles out and I've done interviews um, and there's some interviews to come as well um, on uh, network television. So we're just, my, my family is ecstatic about this. So we need to just let, make sure people know um, that my mother wasn't just a singer, she was a writer, she was a trailblazer. She was a, um, a woman that, um, the first lady of Brunswick. So, you know, she, she, she wore a lot of, a lot of hats. What did she teach you about music, about singing? Hmm. Well, you know, her teachings were mostly experiencing um, being in her presence when she's singing and recording and putting groups together and putting backgrounds together and 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 just being uh, on stage. And I'm so grateful I was a part of her life before she left here because my mother was relatively young when she left here. And I had an opportunity to be backstage and on stage with her at the same time, sometimes at different times, you know, different ages. So I, um, she really taught me about the ear. It's so important. If you don't, a lot of people think that if you can sing, you can sing background. No. <laughs> if you can sing lead, you does not, does not necessarily mean you can sing background. Now, if you can sing background, still doesn't necessarily mean you can sing lead. And that was a lesson that I learned very early. And then most people that don't know that, let me tell you, musicians know this. Musicians know this, but all singers don't really know that until they experience it. Um, so you can have a great ear and be able to sing background, but you may not have the voice to do a lead. So, and vice versa. So it's a, that was one of the biggest lessons she taught me and thank God I was taught and now I can do both. <laughs> There it is. Okay. All right. How long have you been a professional singer? 
<clears throat> well, um, I consider myself a professional singer like for a very long time, but I've done so many different things in the industry that I never really wanted to sing. I never, it was just a gift and I could do it. I know Clarence, I know, I know what you're saying, but um, um, I wanted to, I taught dance and the high public high schools, modern dance. So I was really um, more into acting and dance. So, you know, I've done quite a few things with a lot of different artists like videos and uh, Corey Grafton was um, uh, the dancer for Bernie Mac who you with tours, you know, and I just I did a lot of things in the industry where as far as behind the scenes stuff as well, I'm producing shows and I'm writing on uh, teams and it, it's been a pleasure to be able to be a part of this industry like that. And let me say to every artist out there, the more well-rounded you are, the more you can work. So get started with doing everything you possibly can, learn, absorb, sponge it up, around people that you know that are in the industry and that you can learn from, because you can learn from everybody. You just have to be able to open, be able to be open and receive the information. So that's another huge thing that my mother taught me. Okay, all right. So what, what inspired you to launch your own career? When did you really wake up and say, I wanna do this now, now I'm ready? Well, this project that I'm doing right now is based on my mother and, and really trying to make sure that her, her legacy continues to live on. So, you know, our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, we want to make sure that they know who she is because they may hear the song Love Makes a Woman and think that's all she did. But, oh my God, so much bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that, you know? Um, I have a granddaughter and my granddaughter says um, on Google, Hey Google, play Barbara Acklin. And I just, just die, I melt when she does that. I just think that's so amazing. You know, she wants to hear it. And that had really kind of got me to thinking that, you know what? I think that everyone should know more about my mother. Um, and I think that I'm gonna write a play. So I started to write the play and I'm now it's becoming more of a book. So um, I, I'm excited about that. And um, we we really thought about doing it in Chicago first and then to just kind of start growing legs, you know? So it is going to be a book. And um, my family is, my family is more or less like, my brother Marcus is like behind the scenes. He used to sing, but now he does it, you know? And my daughter and my son, are, my daughter will not sing on stage, but my son is a phenomenal, phenomenal um artist as well he does more or less um uh, spoken word and anything on the stage he is in it <laughs> he's in mexico right now we're actually going to be performing together um monday on the 7th in chicago at uh the promontory okay mm -hmm. all right for the first time <laughs> wow wow so, so your brother is involved in the music industry a little bit or not really that would be no <laughs> <laughs> no, you can get him to sing, you know, we used to be in the choir, when we were kids, he was in the soprano section, I was in the alto section. <laughs> okay. okay. And then that quickly changed, you know, okay. no, he would not sing in front of people. Okay. Now, are you planning to record soon? Are you thinking Actually, about recording? I, I am doing a project by my mom. So this is all about Barbara Ackland right now. Um, I recorded Love Makes a Woman. We recorded Love Makes a Woman, and um, we kind of had this idea to do it with the offspring of artists. So um, I don't know if you know who Bruce Thompson was. He was a phenomenal musician and singer. 
uh, and writer, and he passed away. And his son, uh, Twelve Tone Tony, is producing uh, the tracks um, and the music. And we are also redoing uh, the song that my mother and Jean Chandler did called "From the Teacher to the Preacher," and that's going to be done with Jean Chandler's son. Mm. Yes, <laughs> amazing. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is it about "Love Makes a Woman"? That song is, you know, 1968 is a long time ago. Yes. What is it that still sticks with people? People still want to hear it. I know. I think it's just like any of the any of any of the other nostalgic music. You know, it's like when singing was singing, when music was music, kind of thing. It draws you in. You know, and the lyrics. You know, every woman wants to sing those lyrics. <laughs> you know, because I have done it all over the world, sing that song all over the world, and every woman just they can't help themselves but to sing the song when you're singing yeah. it. So yeah. I think that's an amazing thing that um, people still want to hear that music. Yeah. Um, so amazing! I'm so grateful. Right now, your mother opened doors for singers in in the business as a songwriter, as a singer. Um, how did she get the opportunity to do so much? How does she get the chance to do all of these things that normally just men do? How does she get that opportunity, do you think? Well, you know what? It's just kind of like most things and, and people in situations is being at the right place at the right time. You know, being the first lady of Brunswick, she was um, uh, at the right place at the right time, you know? And being around the people that she was around, they were all very creative. You know, you had Willie Henderson, you had Jackie Wilson, you had um, Gene Chandler, you had the Shylights, you had um, the Artistics, you had so many people that were a part of the industry that they all kind of um, took a little bit from each other and it, and it grew into the family that it did become. So being at the right place at the right time was all it was. And she had the talent to go along with it. So that certainly was a part of it as well. And it was very helpful. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Dionne Warwick was one of her biggest idols. What was it about Dionne's voice that appealed to your mother? I think it was the sultriness um, of Dionne Warwick's voice and also um, the, um, the, the, the melodies that she used and uh, I believe just her tone. I think she really loved that. But my mother was more of a soprano than Dionne was. So my mother kind of moved away from that and began to, you know, come into her own, which I thought was the best idea, I think. <laughs> Did they ever meet each other? Dionne I don't know. You okay. know what? I don't know the answer to that. I'm okay. not sure about that. Now, have you met Dionne? I have not. Oh, you should work on that. I should work on that. We'll talk. We'll talk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, does your mother's estate receive royalties from her many records? Absolutely. Yes. Oh my. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Absolutely. All right. Good. 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 What were the challenges that your mother faced in the sixties? As a well, as a based woman, on. As a black I'm sorry, based on what she's told me, um, there were many times when, because she was a woman and African-American, um, she had the challenges of um, going into places through the front door and 
um, being around uh, a lot of the guys, they were really very instrumental in stepping up to protect her in all kinds of ways. You know, um, she also talked about uh, just the fact that women weren't as respected in the industry. So uh, you had to pretty much make it where people understood that they needed to respect you. And it's still the same way today, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that hasn't changed too much, but uh, we've gotten a little bit better. So I am sometimes challenged in that area myself. Uh, I re remember watching my mom go through quite a few circumstances where the, we had the conversations about it's basically because she's a woman and because she's black. And for a long time, I didn't understand that. And then I grew into understanding that a little bit more and more as time went on. Wow. Now you have fully embraced your mother's music. You don't mind singing her songs. Now, a lot of singers whose you know, parents were famous, they don't want to go near the music. They, they want to do their own thing. That's they true. Shy away. But you're not, you're just the opposite. Why is that? It's because it kind of boils, rolls back down the path of me saying that I feel like my mother didn't get her just due. I, I feel that if, you know, there were many times where I've seen something on um, certain shows where there were artists that um, said things and um, family members that said things that not my family, uh, family members of some of the other entities that I felt, you know, which I know weren't true. And I felt like I shouldn't just get angry about this. I should just change it, you know, and if it's not the truth, it's not the truth. You, the truth stands alone, right? It stands on its own. So once I begin to tell the story, people will see a different perspective. Uh, maybe they will see a different, see it in a different light. And I need to tell the story. So I'm driven by that. That's the passion that's burning inside of me. That's why I keep singing the songs. And that's why I've evolved into where we are right now to begin to do the book and the play and, and the music. It's the Barbara Ackman story. Seriously, I cannot I cannot sleep sometimes. I have to get up and keep start writing to for the show and for the for the for the book. And sometimes it's just uh burning inside of me because I know it's it's this time. This is the time right now. So I can't stop. I have to keep moving forward. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, am I the same girl is a big hit on Spotify? How do you feel about that? Like, wow. I know. It's amazing. I love that song too. I didn't know. I really didn't know it was like over 4 million. Um, what was it? Was it over 4 million? I believe it's the number. I, yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was that big, um, but <laughs> I'm glad that it was and that it is. I think it's an, it's an amazing song. I believe it was a hit for everyone that did it. Actually, you had Twisted Sister. Um, I believe it was. And of course, What is the name of the group that did it on the, on the instrumental that was from Brunswick? Um, I have no idea. Well, that group did yeah, it. I'll and the story. I'll look it up. <laughs> let me tell you the story behind that. I haven't told this before. Oh, this, this is what my mother told me. She said she had a cold when it was time for her to record Am I the Same Girl? And Carl Davis said, no, you, you sound fine. Come on, let's record it. And she just fought him on it. She said, I just need like a few days, maybe a week, so I can get better, I can feel better. And she went home and to get better, and he had the band come in and she'd already did a scratch vocal on it. 
So the band came in, the, the piano player in that, in that uh, instrumental um, version, the piano player just played the melody of her voice. And so they put it out first. Now remember, they're they're all on Brunswick. Like they, they, you know, back then they used to put songs out. Like Motown did the same thing. They would put a song out on one artist and then they put it out on another artist, right? But so that's how that song was. So they did it first, and then like two weeks later, my mother recorded, recorded it. Oh, it felt better. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, okay. But both artists were on Brunswick, so it did very well. Right, right. Tell us a little bit about your mo- your mother as a mother. I mean, we know she's a great singer, great entertainer, all that. We've established that. Just what kind of, um, this is hard to say, just what kind of mother was she for you? You know, she was a mother to everybody. That kind of tells the whole story. You know, mm-hmm. there were times when I would come home and my friends would be at my house <laughs> talking to my mother. Now, this was later on after I became an adult, you know, I had to get over there and I'm like, what are you doing here? I'm talking to your mother, what do you think? <laughs> this is my time. I came over to talk to my mother. Can you, you know, let me get this time. But even before that, when we were kids, uh, she was the same way. Our house was one of those homes that all the kids wanted to come to. Uh, we were just a musical place. We, our house was just a musical house. And my mother was the mother to everyone. And she was there to guide and instruct and teach and um, inspire and encourage everyone that walked through those doors. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Wow. Now, before we unclose, tell us more about your show in Hyde Park. Give us the date again, March 7th, you said? Yes, it's March 7th. It's actually featuring uh, Reginald Hughes, which is a phenomenal singer. Um, Mr. Reginald Hughes, he is a phenomenal singer. He is doing a tribute to Luther. And I am hosting this show. And this is the same show that my son and I are going to sing. I do a performance on. And of course, I'm going to sing Love Makes a Woman. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right. So anything else that you want to share now that we finally got you here? Because I've been, I met you years ago, as I told you earlier. Yeah. I met you years ago. And I said, there'll be an occasion that we'll meet again. So here we are t- today. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else that you want to share while we got you here? Last question. Um, let me say that that show that we were just talking about is at the Promontory in Chicago. Um, and that show is at, I believe, 7 p.m. And um, the one thing that I would like to say to your audience is, Continue to listen to the music from yesterday. It's so important to be able to make sure that your offspring actually actually know that music. Everything comes from there. Everything that has evolved, we've evolved into, comes from there. You know, we we're riding on those shoulders, and I believe the way that music is today, it's you know, it's pretty much. N- just a, it's not as instrumental as it used to be. It's not as um, realistic as it used to be. You know, it's not as loving as it used to be. And I feel like there are some songs that people are doing now that's coming back to the old old way of, of, of people writing the way they used to write. 
and just loving each other. I think that's a part of it. If you if you listen to songs, I mean, you, it's kind of like you are what you eat. I think you kind of you you are what you listen to, and you are and what you're around, right? You know, birds of a feather fly together. All that story, all that mixes up together. So if you're around negativity, then that you know you, you it's going to be just jumping up on you, right? So if you're listening to positive music, songs, um, lyrics, I think that it's helpful in guiding this generation to more of a, a positive side of, of life. You know, I think sometimes when uh, kids are, you know, there's, we're in a period where children are at home alone and um, they are not being guided and parented by people that are their parents or just someone that's in a leadership position that they would listen to and respect. And so therefore they're they're falling to the wayside and not being able, not being able to respect themselves and others. And so now we have all this, this ruckus in the streets in every city. It doesn't matter what city you're in. And I believe that's all based on love. I think it's all based on love. And sometimes we, you know, we used to say that it takes a village to raise a child. Well, yeah, it does. And look at what happens when we take our hands off of them. You know, uh, we got to get back to the love. And I think that music of that day really was about love. I don't care what song you listen to. It really had some love in it, you know. And if we get back to that and we start teaching that to our children, I believe that things will turn around. And I am encouraged by that factor. I believe that it can happen. I believe it will happen if we all start just changing our mindset about it, you know, which reminds me of one last thing, Clarence. Sure. Sure. I would like to encourage anyone that's listening to the sound of my voice to, if you have children, grandchildren, great, great grandchildren, put your voice on something that they could have for life. Uh -huh. Put it on something so that they can always listen to your voice because it is the most beautiful thing that I could turn my mother's voice on whenever I want to and listen to her. That is so soothing for me. It's soothing for my heart when I'm going through whatever. I could be happy, sad, or, or, or discouraged, or glad about something. I want to hear my, my mother's voice. And I could turn on YouTube or put on an album and hear my mother's voice. That is, <laughs> I can't tell you that feeling is just, mm. it's a spectacular thing. And I cannot encourage you guys enough to do that do it do it because you never know you just never know and tomorrow's not promised right so do it today <laughs> yes yes indeed that's beautiful that's beautiful all righty well thank you thank you for your time and your energy it's so good oh, thank so you good. Thank, thank you very you. much i really appreciate it thank you for having me class i really appreciate you it's love it's love <laughs> I got one question for you. Yeah. Your name, Samada, is that a special name? Where is that from? Because even my, my producer asked me that. I said, well, I need to ask you that question. So last question. Yeah, no problem. It's a it's an Arabic name that means beautiful son. All right. Well, good enough. Well, thank you again. Thank you again. It's been a great interview. I really enjoyed your time. Thank you, Clarence. I really appreciate you having me. And everybody, go ahead and listen to some music from Barbara Acklin. Go ahead and listen to a little bit of Love Makes a Woman. Am I the same girl? 
go ahead and go for Toby or have you seen her? Go for all of those Shy Light songs. They're still so amazing to listen to. And kudos to Mr. Marshall Thompson, we call him Uncle Marshall, because he's still going, he's still uh, moving forward with what he's doing and keeping the Shalai's name out there and doing great things and getting ready to do a residence in Las Vegas. So he's an amazing man. So thank you guys for just continuing to listen to the music because that's when real music was really music, real music. Real music, real music. absolutely. All righty. Well, thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye, Clarence. Bye-bye. <laughs>